BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right, Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part is you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Back with me is Colin Brister at Colin Brister on Twitter. Today's guest is Shay Hodge because this drama with Jerry and Jones got even so far as former Ole Miss wide receiver Shay Hodge. His cousin, Jerry's cousin, is Shay Hodge. And Shay had to respond on Twitter because of online controversy that was created, a conspiracy theory on Mississippi State message boards and Twitter. So Shay Hodge, he's coming up in just a little bit. Hey, man, how you doing? And it is it is always good to see that even during the middle of a national pandemic, that Egg Bowl Twitter keeps rolling. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Um, and what I mainly don't get is three other players have transferred to Power 5 schools this offseason from Mississippi State. Florida head coach is Dan Mullen, formerly of Mississippi State, the most successful Mississippi State coach of the modern era, he took a three-year starting offensive lineman in Stuart Reese from Mississippi State, and nothing, nothing. Uh-huh. And that uh-huh. relationship did not end well. No, I don't know, man. It's it was it was baffling on Saturday. Um, and you know, we can get into this. I don't think it's the last one either. Fabian Lovett is going to be an Ole Miss Rebel. Yeah, just come out and say it to start this podcast. And when that happens, I wonder what the response will be. The response could be worse. If a couple of other players, not saying that they would go to Ole Miss, but if a couple of other players that I've heard want to leave, actually leave, then it could get really <laughs> ugly. So the question becomes, why not, if you're Mississippi State, are you not looking internally or looking in the mirror, diagnosing the problems and cleaning up your own house rather than yeah. blaming everybody else? Yeah, if I had a leaky faucet, I put this out there. If I had a leaky faucet in my house, I'd fix my leaky faucet instead of blaming everybody else for my leaky faucet. Um, you know, it, 
man, look, I get it. If, if Ole Miss kid, I get it to an extent. And if Ole Miss kid just randomly up and decided he was going to transfer to Mississippi state, I, I understand being a little annoyed. Um, but at the same time, I would be annoyed with Lane Kiffin too, right? Like right. I, I would, I would want to know like, Hey, why in the world is this kid upping, leaving your program after you've been here, what, two or three months, um, for your in-state rival that, that speaks more to me about, I don't know, maybe the culture inside your program right now. That's a really good point. If the shoe was on the other foot, how would Ole Miss fans react? Do you think that they would create a pizza gate conspiracy on their own message boards about Mississippi state? Go find the situation in which that's actually happened ever before where Ole Miss has created a conspiracy like Mississippi state creates conspiracies online. And it's not everybody. It's only a select few. It's not few, but a select few of the majority of the fan base that creates well, these things. It's bizarre. The only conspiracy thing that I ever remember Ole Miss fans putting out was actually true. Uh, it was because you, you've heard forever about like the Leo Lewis tape, like it, like his mom accepting money or whatever, and it never got put out. Like you'd always hear about it, and Ole Miss fans ran with this notion, and then finally after the NCAA investigation, it came out that oh, that was actually real. Yeah, yeah, I put that out. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I put that out. It, it but was kind it of funny how that worked, and we did not coordinate it at all. But Neil had a big story. Godfrey had a big story, and then I had the tape, and I think we all released it <laughs> within a couple of hours of each other. And it looked like we'd coordinated it, but I assure you, as much <laughs> as I love Godfrey, much as I love Neil, we do not coordinate coverage whatsoever. <laughs> how it works. But the way it played out was kind of funny. Well, it was just so funny because, like, I, I did know it existed. You had told me about it and whatnot, and you would read, like, these these authors and journalists say, like, oh, that tape's not real. I'm like, ah, uh, you might want to check that one. That's Jeez. the main reason why I released it <laughs> is I was tired of people telling me something I had in my possession wasn't real. <laughs> I had the tape. And then, of course, after I released that tape, the first thing I get um, in response from somebody might have been, for Mississippi State people is, oh, you're getting sued. It was Jan Peacock. It was Jan. Oh, she's nuts. Yeah, she's nuts. And Jan uh, goes on Twitter, oh, you're getting sued. For what? <laughs> For what? Mississippi State, or former officials of Mississippi State, Dan Mullen, Scott Strickland, are still actively involved in a pending lawsuit that will go to mediation in July. Oh, that's I'm nice. I'm getting sued. I'm getting sued for what? <laughs> I would like to hear the lawsuit against you for that. Yeah, like, what's like, the what, claim? What's the basis of the claim? Wait, what are we going down? What road are we going down there? But Brevin Jones goes to Illinois. Keontae yeah. uh, Thompson, or Keaton Thompson, goes to Virginia. And Mullen's exit at State went poorly. They wrote him out pretty much on a rail when he made the decision to go to Florida. And that's the yeah. most successful coach in their history. Yeah. But nothing. There's no online backlash to those moves. All good with those guys. Mullen gets a pass despite that manipulative track record he has. The one where he's a named defendant in a still <laughs> ongoing lawsuit that is expected to go to mediation in July. A lawsuit he's fought at every turn to keep sealed. Why? Because he's guilty. Because totally innocent people fight tooth and nail to avoid their day in court. That's totally what happens with innocent people. <laughs> yeah. But it's Ole Miss, and you know, look, this rivalry is crazy. I think we've acknowledged that. Um, I wasn't shocked. I'll say that about uh, what happened on Saturday after the kid announced. I mean, that that was the least shocking thing. I'll be honest. It's just an ugly look. Yeah. I mean, Mississippi State's starting quarterback is KJ Costello. He's a transfer from Stanford. 
Yeah, and you hear, oh, he didn't get into grad school at Stanford. Like, first off, he, you yeah. really trying to tell me yeah. that the starting quarterback didn't get into grad school? Like, and I don't care that the kid transferred. No. Good on him. No, that's <laughs> not the issue. Good for him. I'm all about pro player. Sure. So if he wanted to go to Mississippi State and start for Leach, go for it, man. Awesome. You've <laughs> earned that right. Go for it. It's the reaction to that compared to the reaction to this, and it's so blatant. And my the, favorite part was yeah. uh, it was it wasn't like you know clown dog eighty six thirty two. No, that's like their <laughs> recruiting director. Their recruiting directors online like talking about loyalty and stuff. I'm like, chief, your your last two starting quarterbacks are gonna be transfers. Like, I don't know, maybe shut up. Yeah, where was Joe Moorhead with Tommy <laughs> Stevens? I mean, what are we doing? The bad faith pro loyalty talking points only come out when two kids transfer to the in state rival. That's it. Yep, and, and I, we're supposed to honest, take any of these people seriously. That's the thing. Is who's the last kid that did that? Did was Rory Johnson at State for a while? How did that? No, he was a JUCO transfer. Okay, For some reason I thought State was involved there or something. I think they were recruiting. Maybe him. signed with my. I think he signed with him out of high school and didn't get in. I think that's what happened. But other than, like, oh, okay. I can't even remember anything else. This is very unique. It is. Yeah. And Jerry and Fabian Lovett aren't the last players who want out of Mississippi State right now. So just handle <laughs> your business. Go clean up your own house. Yeah. They very well could yeah. be the last to actually make it out, yeah. whether that storm of the most toxic online college football community anywhere. <laughs> but clean up your own house. Stop blaming everyone else. Stop playing victim. Stop thinking that big, bad Ole Miss. If Ole Miss was this powerful, I promise you Ole Miss wouldn't have endured Losing season after losing season since 2016. <laughs> oh, tampering. 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 At some point, it's not everybody else's fault. Yeah, and, but I don't think you'll ever get, because of you know the messages and, and who they follow, I, I don't think you'll ever uh, get the belief that it's not somebody else's fault. I feel like I'm in Looney Tunes land because I'm <laughs> saying it's not everybody else's fault which is exactly what was said from the other side to Ole Miss. Yeah, it's crazy how that works. Yeah, it's for like, years oh. and years during this NCAA investigative case. Not, it's not. on you. Yeah. It's yeah. on you. Maybe stop playing victim, clean up your own house, and start acting like the emerging SEC power you pretend to be, despite the on-field results. The operative word yeah. being pretend. Yeah. But the egg bowl. Okay, hold on. Can you find 10 Ole Miss fans right now that would reverse the, the score of the Egg Bowl? No. <laughs> and the series Not is 4-4 four and four over the last eight years, and Ole Miss won both games that mattered, that actually <laughs> mattered. Uh, no, according to them, Ben, those were vacated. Ah, ah, right. Yeah, games didn't happen. But who, who even cares about the Egg Bowl? I don't. Do you? <laughs> I. They make me care, if you want me to be right, honest. Right, but I would assume generally <laughs> – Ole Miss fans don't care. Yeah, I mean, like, no, I care to the, yeah, I mean, look, the Mississippi State fans have made me be very, very invested in the Egg Bowl. Um, but, you know, I wish I wasn't to an extent. My whole thing is stop basing your entire value on it. Yeah. On the stupid rivalry. Aspire for something greater. That's something you and I talked about ad nauseum on this podcast before. Mm -hmm. In yeah. 2014, both programs aspired for something greater than just simply beating one another. Ole Miss is trying to. Which side spends days constantly drumming up crap about the other? I don't think um, the snitch fest to the NCAA 
I don't think that would go as well this time uh, from an SEC perspective if, if that were to happen again. I don't disagree with that. I don't think I don't think that would end like they wanted it to. But like Brandon Walker, that Klan rally you referenced in trying to smear Ole Miss was led by a self-professed Mississippi State fan. <laughs> Mississippi State didn't desegregate until three years after Ole Miss. Uh, yeah. MSU's campus is built around a Confederate monument. On and on you, and on. Neither school has the prettiest history. You and these facts. But one school, at least in this scenario, is trying to move on from it, oftentimes to the ridicule of bad faith actors like Brandon Walker. Ben, have you ever seen a school be a bunch of PC liberal hippies and also racist at the same time? <laughs> it's impressive. It depends on what you need that day. Or, or is Elmas a PC liberal hippie or is it a racist? I don't know. I don't know Brandon Walker. I know people who are good friends with Brandon Walker. Brian Haydad is a good friend of Brandon Walker. Brian Haydad is a dear friend of mine. But all I can see is the online persona. And Brandon Walker spends less time trying to diagnose why Ole Miss can't, or excuse me, why Mississippi State can't be great, and far, far more on the evil Ole Miss Rebels. I mean, congratulations to him for falling upwards. Why are you talking about Ole Miss still? I wish him the best. I really do. I hope Brandon I Walker is tremendously successful. I wish that for everybody. That's the thing. I don't wish harm <laughs> on Steve Robertson. I don't wish harm on Brandon Walker. I wish that they would stop acting like petulant children. I don't I don't wish it on Steve, but Brandon made it a little personal with me on Saturday. I don't know. Anyways. Um, he did. He did. But he seems to be doing well. So why then is Ole Miss still the obsession? That's the question, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but I mean, I think we can all gander the the answer there. I mean, you're it is what it is when you're when you're a fan of you know yeah. that rivalry and whatnot. So yeah, yeah. Then there's the other Mississippi State writer who shall remain nameless, a writer who is just an unwell person to me at this point, <laughs> a spiraling grifter. <laughs> and there are legitimate criticisms. I, I grant you, there are legitimate yes. criticisms. Yeah, yeah, yeah of Yancey's overall body of work, stuff I've actually talked with him about directly. But Yancey deserves a lot of credit in this thing, and some will roll their eyes, but really, he does. Because he put in the work, and he published a multi-sourced report, even quoting an NCAA spokesperson by name. This writer will tell you he's always right. He's the purveyor of truth, when in reality, he gloats when he's right and disappears, or worse, runs away when he's wrong. Yeah, yeah. They're talking about like some party that, that kids went to or like, what are we even doing at this point? I think that some people and it might be on both sides that they have this disbelief that I think is hilarious that they actually believe these kids hate each other. It's like, aren't Jerry on Ely and Jerry on Jones cousins? They're friends. I thought they were cousins. I thought uh, I read somewhere be. they were cousins. Uh, they might be. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, what? They're friends. <laughs> It's weird. This isn't a war. No one wishes to harm Mississippi State people. I don't wake up thinking, you know what I want to do today? I want to go find my nearest Mississippi State friend, and I'm going to kick him in the balls. Let me let me ask this because like they were doing the well, Ole Miss boosters were talking to Mississippi State. Okay, okay, all right. My neighbor growing up pitched at Mississippi State. My dad is an Ole Miss booster. If my dad take talks to him. Is he now tampering with Mississippi State? Anybody that graduated or gave any money to Ole Miss ever is considered a booster. Steve <laughs> Robertson has given money to Mississippi State. You are a booster. 
Thus, if you're talking to recruits and in any way deviate from, so who are you considering? What factors in your recruitment? If you say something like, uh, do you know that Mississippi State needs you? A leading question. That could be considered a recruiting violation. So going down the road of tampering, who cares? There was not this big stink when so many other players, including the three-year starter on your offensive line that you need, went to Florida with the head coach that you had a ugly divorce from. This might be tough to hear, but no one cares about this Mississippi State rider unless they have to. Yeah. He simply doesn't matter, regardless of the online drama he tries to drum up, including (laughs) questionable actions and DMs and Instagram likes. Bad. I'm sorry. Bad. We'll get right back to Colin Brister, as well as jump to Shea Hodge in just a little bit after I tell you briefly in this edition of Talk of Champions about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. We're all doing whatever we can to survive quarantine, right? It can be tough. We're making purchases to keep our sanity, to keep us happy. Maybe you're going on Amazon, hitting add to cart, purchase. Maybe, just maybe, you're in the market for a new car. And if you are, I know the place you should go. The only place you should go. And that's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. But what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now, I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. If I myself have not had a personal experience with any sponsor, they're not going to be on this podcast. And my longest relationship is with Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Why? Because I can't say enough good things about Brian and Mason and the rest of the team. I don't like to haggle. I don't like to negotiate. I don't like the whole process of buying a car. With Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, you can avoid all of that. They're looking out for you. So give them a call today, 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. The only place to find your perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Self-isolation, quarantine, has brought about its own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Cheney's Pharmacy, they've earned your trust. You can count on them. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization immunizations compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down. Give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. We've all got our own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Cheney's Pharmacy. Much more than just a pharmacy. But he's a legend in his own mind, man, and it drives me crazy. He welcomes hate by his actions. If he wouldn't be so determined in his pursuit of destruction towards a freaking football team, no one associated with Ole Miss would ever have him in their lives. He'd be at best another person. Or the actions he took for years to directly hurt my livelihood and thus my family which includes two young daughters, I'd be nothing but cordial towards him because that's what I try to be with everyone because I've lived my entire life with crippling anxiety and depression and have a very low opinion of myself. (laughs) I do not think highly of myself at all. So I live in a constant state of trying to have as many people as possible not hate me 
You know this better than anybody. Sure. <laughs> you sure. know me a long time. That's an actual battle I fight every day. Not this. This is not a battle <laughs> or a war. It was called a war. A it war. Was. On Memorial Day, we should probably acknowledge that, yeah, it's not a war. Th- those are the words of a psychopath to say that you need to understand that every day when you wake up, there's an old Miss person out there actively trying to harm you. That is insane. And there's no way to in any way describe it as anything other than that. It's insane. My best friend in the world is a Mississippi State fan. It's like, God, what are we doing? Yeah, it's not a war. My motivation is simply trying to do a good job, and that's it. I want to just do my job, go about my day. I don't think after I'm done writing, like covering, I don't know, Kermit Davis's latest roster (laughs) edition. All right, now let me fill my requirement of trying to damage Mississippi State today. I mean, you don't have like on your on your board at the office like the big letters kill state. Yeah, like you yeah. What are we doing today to make sure that we're harming Mississippi State? <laughs> we should get a sign like the the Notre Dame like locker room like play like a champion yeah. today. Or damage Mississippi. State damage today. Mississippi State today. <laughs> this is sports. This is why it's so dumb to me. This is sports. Just stop. Enjoy the two thousand dollars spoils from your book sales and live your life. Just live your life. This should be the return of exciting times for football in Mississippi, uh, which he claimed were his motivations in inserting uh-huh. himself into Ole Miss's NCAA investigative case. Remember that? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yet here we are, uh, making all the same mistakes again. This is why Mississippi football can't have nice things, why there can't be sustained success. I done made it on Gene's page once this weekend. I feel the seconds coming. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mind if people hate on me. It's okay. I, I totally understand and not so vain as to think everybody's going to like me. I have a very low opinion of myself. So what I'm saying is not from a place of I'm trying to prop myself up so much as I don't understand why this is a thing still, why we continue <laughs> to do this nonsense in this state. It's so silly to me. If a kid wants to live his life and go where he wants to go, good for him. Why does he get vilified on the way out? Yeah, he 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 went from, you know, Pretty good defensive back and talented. And I'll give, you know what? I'll give Rose Bowl a little bit of credit on this. He actually did say that just because the kid's leaving doesn't make him, a, make him an untalented football player like many on the board were trying to That's you know, good. proclaim. That's yeah. good. Um, not the, the kid went from, you know, pretty good defensive back to extremely untalented with character <laughs> issues real quick. Well, it's just hard for me to turn around and say, oh, that's good, after I saw the words in which, and it was a screenshot sent to me by a friend who oh, loves yeah. to mess with me with this stuff, that every day you need to understand that there's an homeless person actively trying to harm oh, you, which is God. just... Yeah, and then you had, then you had you know, another writer saying that the guy was going to Oregon or going back to Mississippi State and offered a band bet uh, if he went to Ole Miss, and then the kid went to Ole Miss. <laughs> Look, there, I want to say this too. Uh, there are some actual good writers and journalists over there at Mississippi State. I know a lot of times we pretend like you know all of them are terrible. I, I don't. Actual, I don't. I've spoken not not highly, necessarily you. But what but I'm saying like, is like I, I know Paul Johnson had a bad week last week. He did. Yeah. But I think the world of Paul. And Paul was yeah. there for us, and he approached me at the pavilion whenever David went into the hospital, and couldn't have been more gracious and was offering to help in any way he could. Sometimes. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good people. Sometimes we, we just have bad days or a bad week. But Paul's awesome. I, I love Paul to death. I love Brian Haydad to death. Bob yeah. Carskadden, before he left the beat, I loved Bob Carskadden. 
I don't know Robbie all that well, but in the few times we've actually communicated or talked, Robbie's been great. I have no problem yeah, with Robbie. Robbie does a really good job. He he covers high school in, in my area and does a really good job. Yeah, and, and um, David David Murray. David Murray is harmless. I mean, <laughs> I know online he kind of uh, plays up to the Steve stuff sometimes, but when you see David in person, he could not be nicer. I, I like yeah. David a lot. He reminds me a lot of Jeff Robertson. Yeah, that's that's a good comp for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I, I agree with you. But both schools should aspire to beat each other as the final step towards becoming SEC West champion, not the winner of a meaningless game with a trophy shaped like an egg. <laughs> that's, that's my take on it. I kind of want to see like college football get delayed just a little bit so the Egg Bowl cannot be the last game of the year. Like You have to put the games that you were going to play at the after your last game. I kind of want to see what that looked like. If Missouri can be in the East, break up the rivalry. Put Ole Miss in the East. I don't care. <laughs> Put Ole Miss in the East. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I completely sign on with Ole Miss being in there with Georgia, Missouri, or uh, Missouri, Tennessee, and yeah. Vanderbilt. All in. You got to get over Florida and or Georgia. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd rather take that shot. <laughs> Ole Miss is beating, uh, you know, Georgia in 2016. I guess I hadn't beaten Florida lately, but they don't play. Dude, I was just way off topic here. Ole Miss has not been to Columbia, South Carolina in 11 years. That's unacceptable in a conference. So since the ugly loss? Yeah, they haven't been up there since that day. I like that trip, too. I like Columbia. That's got to be fixed. I agree that Leach's intent wasn't racist with that tweet. No, I I don't think so. Uh -uh. But I also acknowledge that my opinion, and this is what we were talking about before we started recording, that my opinion doesn't invalidate that of an African-American student athlete who's had to live every day with systemic, deep-seated institutional racism in the state. Sure. So if he wants to leave, if he felt uncomfortable, he should be able to without scrutiny and demonization. You can't tell that kid he cannot feel comfortable. That's not how the world should work. Yeah, players shouldn't only deserve freedom when it's convenient for the school you cover or you root for or whatever. Here's my question. Just talking out loud here. Does can Mississippi State fight that and say, oh, it wasn't, you know, whatever, uh, when you, you know, the guy didn't tweet for a month and you're sending him to museums and stuff? Can you really fight that? I don't know if you can. And that's why I think that it, the question with Jerry and his waiver process might be a little bit harder than Fabian Lovett. But if Justin Fields can get eligible immediately based off of a tweet from a Georgia baseball player that he deemed racist that Thomas Mars used as the entire basis for the complaint in the waiver process, then certainly Fabian Lovett should be granted immediate eligibility. But if anyone ever tries to find rational common sense or a pattern <laughs> of regular behavior from the NCAA, good luck. You're not going to find you, it. You're saying precedent in the uh, NCAA dictionary is not, very, yeah. not in very big letters? Yeah, it's not, not big. <laughs> it's not big at all. But what's weird is a, a segment of the Mississippi State fan base has a bad habit of just – crapping all over kids on their way out the door. But if you're caught on a video punching a woman, you defend his honor so long as he's wearing the jersey. Mm. Rampant academic fraud resulting in multiple suspensions. It's all good as long as it's wrapped in maroon and white. My my favorite part of that was there was no blaming Ole Miss for, you know, people taking tests. Could, couldn't blame Ole Miss for that one. You know, Nick Weatherspoon's out on the floor in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and somebody's doing his history test while he's playing basketball. It's hard to blame Ole Miss for that. Leo Lewis got $10,000 from Ole Miss. He got $10,000, 15 actually, from Mississippi State. Admitted it to the NCAA investigative team. Was called out on it in Cincinnati. 
Nothing came of it, but it, eh, eh, no, only Ole Miss, only Ole Miss. Because it's blood money when it's from Ole Miss. Because uh-huh, uh-huh. Ole Miss is the devil incarnate. <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad well, Leo you, got his money. Good for him. You got you got to remember the uh, money that Leo got from Mississippi State was legal because he knew, uh, what was old right, buddy's right, name? Yeah, yeah, Calvin Green. He knew Calvin. That was the, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, were, they were big buddies. <laughs> That's a great defense come up on the fly by the NCAA. Good for that them. was pretty good. I got to give them that. <laughs> they pulled that one. They just were racing they, through the bylaws or whatever, you know, just kind of going through. Because, Ben, how many ninth graders do you know, you know, in, in three years for a graduation present, you're going to yeah. give them $15,000? Fifteen grand. Jeez, man. I'm, I'm glad Leo got his money. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I have sympathy for someone who was used by coaches and administrators, including Dan Mullen, who's yeah, still tied up in that lawsuit that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, but you know, I get what you're saying. He was used and all this stuff, but he played himself into it. As yeah, well. he played I it up. I get that, but yeah. Look, the thing is, after all of this, years later, with all this infighting and all this silly nonsense propped up mostly by the other side, after all this, the teams are in near identical places. <laughs> yep, yep, both on probation. State's best season ever resulted in three losses to the three best teams on the schedule. <laughs> Just look that's, in the mirror. They are not the victim. You are not the victim. Stop playing victimhood. That is that's not. My, my my favorite thing now is that uh, they're like, you know, NCAA is going to come back and investigate. I'm like, that, that doesn't sting as much now that, you know, somebody else is on probation too. Yeah. And Terrell Buckley <laughs> and Deke Adams probably know where a lot of the bodies are buried. Do you really want yeah. that? Yeah. You... <laughs> because the NCAA showed that, yeah, we'll grant you immunity from all the nefarious things. And I don't even think they're nefarious, so describing them that way are stupid. But yeah. for the sake of this discussion, all these nefarious things will forgive you as long as you give me dirt on them. I mean, who's to say that their investigation that you want so badly of Ole Miss again comes up with nothing, but Terrell Buckley offers up a little sliver or something. Let me make this very, very clear. If, uh, if, if they were to go back down that road, Ole Miss ain't going to take it laying down They're like not. they did last time. <laughs> you are not the victim. It's time to end the habit of blaming everyone else, accept some accountability. Does that sound familiar at all? <laughs> you know, funny how things work. Oh, uh, God, man. Yeah, if, if that were to happen again, the uh, Ole Miss NCAA case would be played out in the public. As it should have been the last time. Yep, yep. They would probably, you know bring some Mike Sheridan things to light. At that point, though, the NCAA was so hell-bent on getting a particular outcome, it didn't matter. Even when Ole Miss well, tried to play things out publicly. But their okay, initial okay. mistake is where this thing really turned, to where Ross Bjork is handing over everything. They can't subpoena anything. Nope. So nope. if you're Ole Miss, what is the motivation to handing things over? Because if you think that complying with the NCAA is the best way to mitigate the penalties – you're sorely mistaken. You got destroyed anyway. I have a conspiracy theory that Ross didn't actually think that. Ross just wanted to save Ross's tail. I feel like I have to add all these qualifiers whenever I talk about this kind of stuff. I had a great working relationship with Ross. He was forthright, I felt. But even though he would certainly take issue here, I do think that a lot of the moves, when you look at them again, certainly, at least on the surface, appear as if he was more insulating himself. Protecting yeah. himself so much as protecting the general outcome of well, all this I mean, NCAA investigative case. 
the you know someone in the office literally volunteered the text message of the booster that admitted to giving Leo ten thousand yeah. dollars. Like that it was, was that was Matt Ball. Oh, okay, I, I'd heard another name, but okay. Yeah, Ball. Um, but you know, like, let me tell you this: if uh, if the NCAA shows up. Ole Miss's doorstep with Keith Carter there. I think Ole Miss, instead of, you know, handing over phones, is going to tell the NCAA that they communicate via carrier pigeon. <laughs> They're going to go throw the phones in Sardis, and there we're going to be. See, whatever you think about Keith Carter, because he's going to make some mistakes. Every guy does. Sure. He's going to make he some mistakes. He already has. At least his motivations, you can believe, are rooted in what's in the best interest of Ole Miss. Absolutely. Agree. And um, if you're an Ole Miss fan out there, you can take comfort in that. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, doesn't matter what you say, leave a five-star review. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Going now to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to former Ole Miss wide receiver Shay Hodge. But before we do, let's hear from Modern Woodman and VNA Bank. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Going now to the Modern Woodman phone line. Former Ole Miss wide receiver Shea Hodge. Shea, what's up, man? How you doing? Man, doing well, doing well. How you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for coming on. Shea, all-time Ole Miss great. Now the head coach at Hillcrest, runs the D1 camp. He's an Ole Miss legend, record holder, retired from the NFL, the owner of Route Precision Academy. What is Precision Academy? <clears throat> it's a company that me and Mike are making for receivers, kind of like uh, B-Rock, um, Always Open Campus in Dallas. Just um, creating our own brand. We kind of um, still working on it, um, the details of it all. So we kind of do it separately still. Um, but once we come together completely as our whole, what you want to say, whole organization, um, it should be something special for the receivers to come out of Mississippi College, you know, 
um, like the like the the, the Texas, the Georgias, the Floridas of the world, having those kids already polished up, and that's like our um, mission with our company. Who runs the most precise route? You're Mike. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I don't want to get into that debate. We do that at work all the time. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Now, if Mike was on this podcast, Mike would have no hesitation in saying Mike. I know, I know. I try not to be that way. Um, but, yeah, for sure, I'm going to say he. That's the yeah. thing with I don't care who it is. He could be the greatest of all time. I always stick in my head, and I try to prove it. That's what I did throughout my career, you know, just try to prove what I say I who I say I am. So, yeah, the real answer is me. <laughs> was there ever a ball you thought you couldn't get? Other than when they overthrow me, like, you know, five, ten yards. Other than that, no, catch-radius-wise, I always felt like any ball was in my vicinity, I was going to be able to grab it with a defender on me or not. You can't teach that. That has to be a natural thing, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, you can teach it to a certain extent as I'm learning uh, with training, but that's kind of like a, a innate thing. You know, I needed some basketball. I was always a basketball player growing up. And like I tell kids now, I was like, I was a, I was a um, basketball player on grass. So me jumping over somebody catching a ball was basically rebounding the ball over someone. So I just put it in the same aspect or like dunking on someone. I, could, I used to dunk on people a lot. So just jumping up and just dunking on people like, hey, I'm better than you is what I think when the, when the ball is in there. Okay, Shea Hodge, the head coach. What's the offensive philosophy? Offensive philosophy is really taking what the defense gives me. Um, I love the RPO running RPOs, you know, uh, having options instead of just running a play to, um, and you like dead to the water, you know, they may stack the box, have so many people in there. And it's basically my offense is just trying to have answers for everything, kind of like LSU offense, uh, freeze offense when he was there and all this, you know, always having answers. I didn't understand it then as much as I do now, but now I'm being able to call a play and you don't have to check out of it. It's already uh, um option in it to where it's going to make you right if you choose the right if you um, read the keys right. It's been so many years for you. So when you do get asked about your playing career, what's the most frequent question you get or the thing that most people want to ask you about? <clears throat> well, for some reason, I don't know. My buzz hasn't went down completely as a player because yeah. I get social media. And people always mention me. Kids always mention me. Like, Man, he did this, he did that. And so, you know, that makes it big time for me with them still because I did tell someone, uh, it was actually, I forgot what she does at Ole Miss, but, she goes on this, and I asked her, I was like, um, how do you remember me? Like, you're way younger. How do you remember all that? And she was like, nobody knows who you are. They didn't re- really watch football. They didn't really watch all this. You know, um, you're part of the history along this with the receiver position for sure. So mm-hmm. um, that is still there. For <laughs> some reason, it's still there. I don't know how I kept it hot. And also, I got my, um, my um, YouTube of my p- making plays on my pages. So they kind of get to see that. But when they you say when they ask about me? Yeah, what do they ask like, you most about? Oh, they always go with the big question. You already know what happened. Like, yeah. why are you not there anymore? You know, because I can still move and stuff when I'm training them or even when I'm coaching them. I um I run around for them. I show them how it's done. It just I can't do it day in and day out. That's my problem. So they be like, "Dang, coach, you still can move like us?" I say, "Yeah, I move better." Than you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I'm going better than you. So they'd be like, what happened? And, um, you know, just want to know the keys to what made me successful. Um, what do they need to do to get to where I got and to get even further? You know, this question I love answering, honestly, because I want to see them make it. You know, I've figured out that my life was meant to be good and high school to be good in college. 
and we can project the other ones on to to the NFL and make better careers. I think it's what God wants me to do. I mean, all you got to tell them is switch it from eighty to three. That's what solved everything. It's the jersey hey, number. Hey, that is that's a part of it. <laughs> like <laughs> people think numbers don't matter. It used to me, and now I'll be watching Michael Jordan's um, documentary, which I read the book way before now. Um, Phil Jackson's uh, Living Rings. He changed the number back to twenty three from forty five. It really matters in some cases. <laughs> yeah. For you, it mattered. It did. And me and Contrell's joked about it, how you were upset that you didn't think you were going to get three. You almost left. We've talked about this. We talked about this last time you were on the podcast. I don't want to rehash it, but it's one of my favorite stories ever, man. That oh, Shay, yeah. okay. Shay was ready to get the hell out, man, if he didn't get three. <laughs> He's pretty much doing it. I look back on it, and any kid does it. To me, I would feel that way. I would, I would think he's pretty much doing it, but, you know, it's just something about it. Something about numbers. I always had that number since I was young, you know, looking up to Allen Iris or something. When they transformed, it, it basically transformed. When I was looking down, when I had 80 on, I was like, man, I hate this number. When I had 3 on, I was like, man, I'm ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> but 80 is a good number, man. It is if I'm in the NFL. In yeah, high school and college, it's yeah. not that different. You wear an 80 number with pride once you get to the NFL, I guess, because you have to. Right. Yeah, okay. But now all these kids are wearing 11 and 10, and they're getting away with it. Y'all couldn't have gotten away with it back then. You'd have to wear an 80 number. But, hey. Look, you got three, right. you showed out, um, you had a high heel thrown down on the field near you. You accomplished a lot in your career um, at Ole Miss. It's interesting now uh, that you're on the coaching side of it. You're tutoring all these players. You're training all these players. One of them, obviously, um, was in the news this week. Your cousin, Jerrion Jones, transferred from Mississippi State to Ole Miss. Now, Jerrion is a decorated player in his own right. Um, if he gets a waiver, he probably comes in, steps in, and starts immediately. Before we get into some other stuff, for someone who doesn't know if you're an Ole Miss fan or hadn't watched much of Jerrion at Mississippi State or anything like that, how would you describe him? How would you um, kind of provide the scouting report for Jerrion Jones? Jerrion is a playmaker, like a big-time playmaker. I mean, it doesn't matter where you put him. Um, <clears throat> you couldn't even put him at receiver. But our stat receiver, he'll hold his own. Um, you know, growing up, I actually do funny story about Jerry. Because <laughs> he transformed the way he looked. You know, you're not around your kid folks all the time. And we met when he was really young at a family reunion. And um, it didn't, I didn't see him again basically until he was like 19th grade. And when I seen him, they had moved from where they were. I think they was in McGee at the time or closer to Raleigh. And they had moved, you know, to you know, his ranking. And I seen him, and he actually wrote me on Twitter. He was like, you hear me be good? I'm saying, 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 and I look at him. I was like, you used to be fat, then Or something. He's like, he used to look different. <laughs> and it's funny. Because, <laughs> you know, you go to San Diego, you meet all your cousins. You never do it before, possibly. Um, and that's what happened with that. But um, anyway, he always looked up to me. From way back then, he knew, you know, the family talks about who who, who the best ball players and stuff. So he got to watch me, and he was like, cuz, I'm going to do what you did. He was even way back then, he told me he was going to miss but that's when Freeze was there, <laughs> you know. So, anyway, stay on subject. He's just a playmaker, man. He's just really a playmaker. He has exceptional basket. Those same basket we talked about that I have, he possesses those too. Um, and then having that at DB is huge because most of them can't get, you know, and they definitely can't play a um, jump ball. So, he brings that aspect to the game. And um, the other part of it is he's like, Ocho Cinco, this is the part y'all don't know about me. I'm a big-time talker. I grew up in a neighborhood where – there's a lot of, um, you know, not necessarily the violence, but, like, they were just doing things they shouldn't be doing, like selling drugs and fighting all the 
time and on the corner, you know, all that type of stuff. So, um, and we used to, I used to play ball against basketball against, and they used to talk a lot. Jerry, that's the part of my game people don't know. I talk a whole lot when I'm playing because it makes it fun for me. It, I don't know, it just amps up the game more for me. And Jerry in position that too. He's going to talk. <laughs> he's going to talk to fans um, on Twitter. He's going to talk to uh, people in, in the games, his opponents, everything. Like, that's the aspect that people are going to have to get used to with him. That he's going to talk to talk, but he does walk the walk also. Is he more of a safety or a cornerback? I honestly think he's more of a cornerback because I don't think he's that physical yet. Um, he can be. I don't really think there's nothing he can't do. But um, overall, I think he's just a corner. I think he has, cause he has the speed. He has the ideal size that you're looking for a corner these days with six feet, six one up in there. Um, and then, you know, just the ball skills, man. But if you put him at safety, he got to run down the barrel and make that tackle on the running back. He's going to run the best in the ACC. <laughs> so I just honestly think he's a player. Honestly, I think his other position, because he's safety, and his other position probably was safety. Him having those ball skills, and I remember when I came around, a lot of coaches wanted me to play safety. So it makes sense for people to project him as a safety, if that makes sense. I, and I honestly know he can do it, but I don't think he prefers to do it. It's interesting, too, because he had to make a real tough decision. I mean, when he decided to leave Mississippi State and go to Ole Miss, you're going to rub some people the wrong way because this rivalry is embarrassingly toxic at this point. Over the weekend, you got kind of wrapped up in the drama. When did you know or when were you made aware that you had been wrapped up in some conspiracy crap online? Um, Mike actually showed me at work. Oh, did he? Was that the first thing? <laughs> well, I don't know. I kind of check Twitter frequently. And I had seen it, but I just wasn't going to respond because I'm like, they don't even know where he's going. So I was like, okay. So but then I think Mike had responded to it. Well, not respond to it like directly, but like indirectly responded to it. And I was like, well, I'm going to let it go for now until he makes his actual decision. <laughs> so once he made the decision, I went on and broke the sound. I was like, okay, so here go the facts. You know, let me put some facts out there because me going to Oxford and all those little stories, having a party. Like, yeah, kids see, themselves, see each other all the time. They could have done all this way before going to Mississippi State in the beginning. So, you know, I'm like, at least make up a logical story. These kids see each other all the time. What we got to have a party for them for? Quote, unquote, a party for them to decide they're going to leave. That don't even make sense. Do you ever try to influence a kid to go anywhere? No. And my my biggest thing to this is look at my kids though. Ole Miss fans, probably, I'm sure it's a, a nice hand for them on Madison because some of the top rated kids that came out of Mississippi that has ties to me this like I'm like their dad in a sense or a big uncle, what do you want to call it? Um, they don't even go. They don't even give our, our school a chance. And I'm not mad about that because I know the other side of being a player. Because you want to make your own decision so at the end of the day you can be like, hey, it was on me if it didn't work out. So taking the sense of this, if I tell someone to go to whatever school and it doesn't work out, who are they going to blame? Did Jerry in any way try to get your advice on it? He actually did. Like I told you, he's strong-minded. He's strong-minded. He called me and was like, I didn't ask the answer. I asked you training. He called me and was like, <clears throat> no, I didn't answer. Then he wrote me on Twitter. He was like, Cause FaceTime, not like all right. So I FaceTime him. He's like, I'm going over this. 
And I was like, yeah, right. She was like, I promise. You know, I swear to God, sir. I was like, man, I don't believe it. I think your emotions just high. You you mad that they move you from safety that you know you're a, you're a corner and your coach left. I was like, that makes sense for you want to leave, but I just don't think you do. So that's when I first heard it, you know, way before it came out. Not way before, probably like three or four days before it came out. And then, you know, I thought he was a coach. So then he came. I was, I was actually at work. And he we were just talking about it. He was like, man, I promise I'm doing it. Come, uh, whichever day it say, Friday, whatever day it was. And boom, he did it. And I was like, man, that's crazy. That's the first time I ever seen that happen, I think. You just don't see it very often. A Mississippi State kid or an Ole Miss kid going to the other school. But the way the internet described it, you would think that Shea Hodge totally missed his true calling of being a party planner. <laughs> a party planner? Uh, uh, um. Uh, what am I, the alumni with money, I guess? Yeah, you're the bag man. Yeah, yeah. Right. Get out of here. Yeah. It's strange how the online community can latch onto some particular narratives and not think about the actual parties involved. For you, when you look at Jerrion's situation here at Ole Miss, do you think that the greatest um, pull for him to transfer was Terrell Buckley? Um, yes. I don't say just him, but whoever he felt the most comfortable with. Because <clears throat> like I tell people, 90% of the time, maybe I go back on this, say 80% of the time, kids normally, at least the one I've come in contact with, pick schools off of the coaches. And I did too. Like I wrote in my tweet. I picked it off because Coach Ojuan, coming from USC, me knowing, me knowing his background, he coached in Miami when they was good, he coached the USC when they was good. He recruited all these top players like Reggie Bush and Dwayne Jerry and Matt Lyon. You know, he did all that, so he must know what he's doing. And I like the OC. He came from Miami when I was living in Miami when he had all his players. Um, with, you know, Reggie Wayne and Ray Lewis, not Ray Lewis, Reggie Wayne, Ed Reed and all those guys. So, you know, and then the receiver card, I liked him at the time. So, you know what I'm saying? I picked it off of that. I didn't pick it off, hey, it's old me. It's not granted. Because the dudes went and dudes is where I'm from. We are from the same place, and I did want to follow in footsteps. So that all played in, played into the factors of it. So with Jerry and going with his old coach, they recruited him throughout the process that he felt the most comfortable with. That's the best place for him to go, in my opinion, because he has comfortability with him. And he, and the guys went to the NFL. He should know what they're looking for. We'll get right back to former Ole Miss wide receiver Shea Hodge, an all-time Ole Miss great, after this brief word on Mosquito Marshals, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Are bugs ruining your evenings outside? Do you want to reclaim your yard from those pesky bugs? Well, Mosquito Marshals is here to help, to let their customers and their families enjoy living outside again. At Mosquito Marshals, their top priority is to keep their customers bite-free by providing the best mosquito control services in the industry. The goal is simple to protect their customers' homes and businesses from mosquitoes, fleas, ticks, and they stand by their results. If you're not 100% satisfied, they'll respray your yard for free. But how do I know this? Because I have firsthand experience. Mosquito marshals rode out to my house and sprayed my yard. Took them no time, and I haven't seen a mosquito since. And trust me, I'm just like you. In quarantine, all me and my daughters can do is go outside, ride a bike, play some ping pong in the garage. Don't let a mosquito mess up your good time. No, schedule your appointment today. You can give them a call at 662-715-1818. That's 662-715-1818. Or visit Mosquito Marshals online at mosquitomarshals.com. 
Mosquito Marshals, serving Oxford, Batesville, Water Valley, New Albany, Pontotoc, wherever you are, they'll come to you. Mosquito Marshals. My whole deal is pretty simple. If you look at it with unbiased eyes, at Mississippi State, yes, he has friends on the roster, but it's a coach and coaching staff that they didn't know. Unfortunately, quarantine kept them from getting to know them over the spring and all that stuff. He spends quarantine, which is completely legal, practicing with Brandon Turnage and Jerrion Ely at Oxford Park. His friends are Jerrion, John Rice. Brandon Turnage has been wanting to go to Ole Miss ever since he made the mistake and not being able to tell Nick Saban no and going to Alabama. Terrell Buckley's there. Deke Adams, he probably doesn't have much of a relationship with, but he at least knows Deke. Which one do you think is a player, an emotional player, because every kid that's 18, 19, 20 years old is emotional. Which one do you think he'd feel most pulled towards? Right. And it, <clears throat> that's what I was saying. The whole thing, like, why make up a narrative when the, when the right is on the wall? Like, it's right there in front of you. You didn't have to throw no Shanghai's in there, no Mike Risky in there. And whoever the guy they talking about with the, the alumni on the booster, I don't even know the guy, honestly. If I do, I don't know him personally. I probably met him, you know, through going going to Ole Miss one day and so but I don't even know the guy. But to make up that story, when it's right on the wall, when the coach lives, okay, you got your new coach. He let out that tweet. Um, then the, the defensive I mean, your exact coach that recruited you go to the other school and they move my position. That's four strikes. <laughs> what do you expect? This a kid. They got options right now. So you know, that it did it ticked me a little bit, but I really wasn't bothered by it because, you know, I know it's not true, so it doesn't matter to me. Well, it's the whole victimhood thing that Mississippi State likes to play when it comes to Ole Miss. Maybe we've got to clean up our own mess, clean up our own house here, because we have some internal <clears throat> problems that were already there well before Mike Leach arrived. Right, right. I think so too. Um and then just be be unbiased, like you say it. They had a great point. You know, they, they did tell him about those other going to other places. And, yep, you didn't hear that. So why do that to us? Like, well, why do that to us? I mean, you played this rivalry. Shay, you, you, you know why. I know why. <laughs> <laughs> What's I your favorite it. Egg Bowl memory? Uh, it had to be my catch. It was on a personal level, my catch. Um, my senior year, 2009, the one that I was on the SP. That was probably my most favorite play, but the most favorite game was my junior year, 2008. We beat them forty-five to zero. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty fun and uh, pretty fascinating to see that. You know, that was like really, really bad. I was truly concerned for the quarterback at Mississippi State because Poe and Forty and that defensive line, Greg, just absolutely wrecked that kid's life. Yeah, they killed him. And they were trying to throw quick passes. He said <laughs> <laughs> they, they were they trying were quick, like three second, maybe like a three step drop back, and it didn't matter because Parade's already in his face every time. Yeah, did y'all know y'all were that much better than them? Um, by the end of the year we did. Um, but you know, early in the year we had um beat Florida, but we had lost to Vanderbilt. So you know, it's still how good are we? But when we start reeling off those wins and how easy we came and <clears throat> how we became so much more of a team and believing in each other, yeah, we we knew we were going to beat them. And I I never expected us to beat them that bad. Yeah, that was ugly. All right, before there was Laquan Treadwell, before there was Dante, before there was AJ, there was Shea. So when a kid says, show me Shea Hodge the player, what's the play you take and say, this is what you need to know about me? This is what I could do. 
One play. You have to pick one play, maybe two, but you have to I pick guess. a play or two to show somebody. This is who I was. <clears throat> I would have to show him the Florida catch. There's no more. Yeah, yeah. And the other one, it wasn't great competition, a little bit something awesome, but the catch at Lucy was pretty was pretty um nice. Catching the ball off the dude head and then taking sixty five. You know, you get to see my ball skills, uh, jumping ability, ball skills, explosion. And then you get to see me take it to the crib. So that that really showed what I could really do. I wish I got to do it more. <laughs> but, um, you know, that, that's the one. I, if a kid, say, 10 years from now, they would like, say my own child, be like, hey, Dad, show me something you did. That's probably what I want to show. Okay, the Florida <laughs> game. You were so wide open. How did you get there? Was it the release off the line of scrimmage? You just beat him at the point uh, of attack or something? Like, what What was it? No, nah, they actually busted coverage because they were keying too much on Dexter. You know, Dexter was the key point of our offense. Uh, like this, just put in, uh, use an analogy. Dexter was the Michael Jordan of our offense. I was the Scottie Pippen. They forget about Scottie Pippen. <laughs> Scottie Pippen can really go to and put up MVP-type numbers also. So what happened is uh, they played cover two. And we ran an out. I was on the outside. I ran a go out. And Dexter ran a 10-yard out. They, the corner, they were playing cover two. He drifted back into the out. And the safety did not get all the way over the top to me. Shockingly, because me and Major Wright was talking trash the whole game. And he was talking about how he was going to knock me out. And everybody knows they know Major Wright. He's a hard hitter. And for some reason, he didn't get over. And once I caught it, I was like, oh, yeah. I know he can't catch me. <laughs> I know he can't catch me. So it wasn't that best idea other than that run. When the ball's in the air, it's such a big moment, right? You don't catch mm-hmm. that pass, it's going to be that. You drop that, there is none of that other stuff. So when the ball's exactly. in the air, is that ever in your brain, this, the magnitude of the moment? Or at that point, are you so trained as a player that when the ball's in the air, you're like a machine, catch it and run? Like you don't think about anything else other than really anything that the ball's in the air and i got to catch it. It really breaks down into um, what you want to say. It breaks down into your mental, like where you at mentally at that time. Because say if I've been dropping a ball, I'll drop some balls earlier. I messed up a play. Very mentally, I may be messed up, and I may drop that ball. Or there's this thing like when people are wide open. See, I was wide open, but I wasn't that wide open. Like you know, some people burn somebody so bad to be nobody there at all, mm-hmm. and they'll drop it. That's easy to do. It looks hard to do. That's like the easiest ball to drop because you latch your body. You're like, oh, man, I'm wide open. Pop! And drop it. <laughs> so it's, it just happened that way when he was close enough to me. I was still pissed up. and still thing he probably could hit me. So I just called him and took it to the house. Um, I showed him back on that. I was like, man, and from a jealous standpoint, or not an envy standpoint, from a jealous standpoint, I want the attention. Now that I'm older, I'm like, man, why did I get the sports illustrated? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the cover. I just wrote the touchdown. You know, on 40. You know, I was looking for me on 40. Or uh, that great got it, which he deserved it. But, you know, I was just thinking, like, in that game, it was two, three decisive plays, either, or, or Tim. Tim, me, Tim, or 40. Yeah. You know, I was expecting one of us to be on there, and it shot me like, whoa, what? Well, it just shows you. It was the Tim Tebow love affair of ESPN. They just wanted to find a Tim Tebow shot of him being knocked to the side, and it's Greg. And that wasn't one of Greg's better games. That just actually wasn't one of the ones in which he was pretty dominant. That was not his best, and yet he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when the three biggest plays were you, Tim, and 40. And that's – 
I don't know. When you mention about dropping wide open passes, God bless him, but all I ever go back to is Furby Allen. It seemed like he always dropped important passes. Yeah, man. Furby was my dad. I, mean, he was, I think he was a freshman, I was saying. Yeah. Maybe he was a sophomore. But he always had, I, mean, I don't think he had confidence this year, but like he wasn't an overly confident guy at the college, too. Like he was like great player, sound player. He was a very sound player. He could do everything coach him to do. But sometimes when you become that type of player, you become more robotic, if that makes sense. Like, you're like, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, Furby or Furby was a great guy, man. He just, he just, confidence. Like, like I'll tell you, my dude, confidence out this world. My confidence out this world. Who I got it from, I always, I was, I was always like this. But, like, he kind of went away my freshman year. I had number 80 on. <laughs> but Mike Wallace was the one who, like, got us going again. Like, man, you know, I get you. You wouldn't be here, blah, 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 blah. You know, so that's a big thing too. Confidence, like having the confidence and no having the confidence, working for it, and proving you are who you say you are. Which one of these current Ole Miss wide receivers, before we get out of here, should Ole Miss fans be keeping an eye out for? I know you got experience, or you've known Dennis and you've known Jonathan Mingo. So, those two guys, who are you looking out for? I mean, definitely looking out for those two. You know, um, we're going to be a little biased, but those are really good players. <laughs> New system too. Um, I expect some huge things, but the the one. It's the guy is Elijah. Elijah Moore. Like that kid there has to he has the juice as we say. <laughs> he has it all. I love watching him play. But um also you know, we have a nice receiving core, period. You know, yeah. just overall that is a nice receiving core. Reminds me of had <laughs> Dante LaCorn, out of Borjo, um uh, Lodge when we had all of them at one time. It reminds me of that now. Um it, it doesn't run me that now. Um, and yeah, just like, it was completely uh, wasted last year. Thanks, and I hated it. God bless his soul. He did great job, especially running day. But like pass game wise, I was like, man, we got to do more. <laughs> you know, we got to do a little bit more. But um, I'm sick. I always forget his name. Miles, Miles, Miles has all the tools. When I went um, to Ole Miss <laughs> back in the spring, when I uh, sat down with the new coaches. Um, to find out the system and stuff and how they do things. I was just looking at his numbers and his height, man. You know, being 6'4", 6'3", 6'4", he ran, I think he had on the board, he ran in the four fours. Um, he's benching like, I don't know, his numbers are are nice. They're that NFL number type guy. His numbers are equivalent to NFL guys. Let's just put it like that. He's 6'4", running 4'4". I think his broad jump, I mean, his vert is like 39 or 40. Like, those are crazy numbers, similar Julio numbers. So I'm expecting him to come out in this system, like, you know, with but um basically the Art Brow system along with Kiffin's system put together. I just expect a big thing to come out of him this year. I'm hoping that they do. He's former Ole Miss wide receiver Shea Hodge and all time Ole Miss great. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate you. We'll talk again. All right, no problem, man. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 